If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Hearing the voice of God. It's kind of funny, we were at uh, a concert on Thursday night. Um, Kurt Franklin, and if you've ever been to one of his concerts, it's really high octane. People are dancing, carrying on, and the Holy Spirit's moving, and 18,000 of us there at the, uh, whatever they call it now, Capital One Arena. It was a great time, but When you get alone with God, nothing can compare to that. When you hear the voice of God and begin to move in the Holy Spirit, God does things in your life that no concert can do. And whether you're surrounded by 20 or 30 people or 18 or 20,000, the Holy Spirit's there. God can move if you allow him to move. And today, as we uh, celebrate Father's Day, a great day to celebrate, the world will tell you that fathers are not important, that we don't need dads anymore. You can raise healthy, happy kids with just one parent. But do you know that without a dad in the home, there's a 20% greater rate that your kids will actually end up in jail. A home that has a mom and dad in there raising their kids in the ways of the Lord, 78% of the time those kids grow up to be Christians. When there's just a mom that's a Christian, it's about 15 or 20% of the time those kids grow up to be Christians. So dads, your place is very important. Don't take your role lightly. You are very important in the kingdom of God because you are the spiritual leader of that home. And today I'd like to talk about uh, three things that we need to do to become those spiritual leaders that God wants us to do. God wants you to be that leader in a home. God wants you to hear his voice. So let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. One of the greatest fathers that we can find in the Bible, Father Abraham. He did great in many things. Genesis chapter 22. Sometimes later, God tested Abraham, and he said to Abraham, and he replied, here am I. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Wow. What a commandment. Take your only son and basically cremate him as an offering to me. 
Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, he took with him his two servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered God, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar. There he arranged the wood on it. He bound his son and laid on him the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here am I, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from you, from me, your son, your only son. It's amazing when you read about Abraham. He was a great, great, good father. And if you want to become that father that God wants you to be, if you want to become that Christian that God wants you to be, you have to learn how to listen to the voice of God. You may say, well, Brother Dave, God never speaks to me. And I'm telling you right now, God is speaking. But what happens to a lot of us, we get so busy, we get so consumed with the material things in this world, we do not listen to the voice of God. God is talking, but are we listening in order to hear the voice of God, you've got to take time with God. You've got to get alone with God. You have to pray. You have to seek His face. You have to fast. You have to read His Word. And you do that by yourself. And as fathers, that's very difficult to do because you have a million and one things to do. You have to work around the house. You have to go to work. You've got to take care of the car. You've got to take care of the kids. You have all these things that are squeezing your time. But I'm here today to tell you, don't let the world squeeze God out of your life. Because God wants you to be that righteous father. He wants you to be that father that he can call on you, like he did Abraham, and you will hear his voice. God is speaking. But are we listening? I remember years ago, there was a boat for sale down the street from my house. It was a used boat. I've never had a boat before. And I wanted that boat. And a guy had it on sale, you know. It wasn't a real expensive boat. And my wife says, unless God tells you to buy the boat, don't buy the boat. That was her advice to me. 
Now, I took a friend with me down to look at the boat, and he heard what Linda said. The next morning, I wake up, and guess what was on my recorder? A voice from God. The voice said, this is God speaking by the boat. Of course, I knew it was my friend who'd called, because he wanted to go out on boat rides, stuff like that, too, and go fishing. And you know what I did? I bought the boat. One of the biggest mistakes of my life that boat spent more time in the shop than it did in the water. Cost me a fortune, and I was so glad when I sold that boat. And I learned something. You have to listen to the voice of God. God didn't tell me to buy the boat. My wife didn't tell me to buy the boat. And I should not have bought the boat. We have to listen to the voice of God. And you say, well, brother... Brother Abraham, Father Abraham, he, he didn't make any mistakes. But when you look into his life, unbelievable, he made a lot of mistakes. A famine hits the promised land where Abraham is staying. And he decides, I'm going to go down to Egypt. And on the way to Egypt, what does he tell his wife to do? Pretend you're my sister. Because Pharaoh will kill me because you're so beautiful. Trying to build her up a little bit, I guess. You're so beautiful, and he will kill me and take you as his wife. And if you read that story, disaster. Why? Because Abraham did not listen to the voice of God. He didn't get that idea from God. He got that idea from his own self. And when you look at, back at your life, all the mistakes that you've made, buying a boat, different things, going to certain places, think about it. All the great mistakes in your life, God did not tell you to go that way. But because you decided on your own that you were smarter than God, you went that way. And disaster struck. So if you want to keep out of disaster, if you want to keep out of harm's way, follow God. Listen to what it says. Hear his voice. And of course, not too far after that, they run across this king, and what does Abraham do again? The same dumb idea. Pretend you're my wife again. And the king almost commits adultery with this woman, Sarah, but of course God intervened and stopped him. Disaster. God saved Abraham once again. And I can see all the ladies see, you've got to listen to God. Right? But remember the biggest mistake Abraham made? When he listened to his wife? Remember that mistake? Ishmael? Remember that mistake? That was his wife's idea. That was not God's idea. His wife said, take Hagar, my servant, and have a child, because we're barren, and we will raise him as our son. And to this day, that mistake still exists. So men, don't listen to your wives. No. I'm just kidding about that. But listen to your wives. But if your wife doesn't listen to God, don't listen to her either. Hearing the voice of God, there's nothing like it. When you take the time, and it takes time. One thing I don't like about God is he does not scream. I wish he would scream at me, Dave, don't do that. Don't buy that boat. 
stop. It's going to be a disaster. But according to the word of God, it says that he speaks in a still, small voice. And the only way you can hear that voice, you've got to get close to God. You've got to quiet your spirit. You've got to get alone to hear that voice. And I can guarantee you, if you take the time, God will show you many great and marvelous things that you, you didn't even think about because they came from God. So what's the next thing we need to do? What is the next thing we need to do? We hear the voice of God. Now we have to obey the voice of God. It's not enough just to hear the voice of God. You have to obey it. What did God tell Abraham to do? Take your son, your only son, and sacrifice it to me. That was the voice of God. Now, I don't know about you. I, if I was Abraham, I would have said, wait a minute, God. You've got the wrong Abraham. You, you mean the guy down the street that has 12 sons, not me. I have one son, Lord. See, one minus one is what? Zero sons, Lord. Zero. I will have no sons. If I kill the son, Lord, we will have no heir. He will be gone. I, Lord, what are you thinking? Of course you've made a mistake, God. One minus one is zero, God. But Abraham does none of that. It says he rose up early, and what does he do? He prepares sacrifice his son. Now, if I'm Abraham, I'm pulling the old I forgot act, if I'm really. Lord, I forgot Isaac. I forgot. I left him back with mama. Or, Lord, I forgot the knife. I forgot the knife, Lord. I've got everything else. We've got to go back. It's been three days journey. We've got to go back and start over, Lord. Or I forgot the fire. But Abraham does none of those things. He has the fire. He has the knife. He has the son. He has the servants. He has everything he needs to sacrifice his son. Why? Because he was going to obey the voice of God. When God speaks, we have to learn to obey the voice of God. And if you wait on God, he will tell you what to do. I believe God is speaking to people in this congregation today and people online to become pastors, teachers, missionaries, children's workers, nursery workers, going with Dave and Linda on a mission trip that, to a place you've never heard of. We're, we're going at the end of September, and if God is speaking, don't tell God no. Whatever he's called you to do, he will equip you, he will take you wherever it is. Thirty-some years ago, the Lord told me, I want you to take over the MAPS program for the Potomac District, 354 churches, and I want you to be the head of that, and I want you to direct that, and I want you to get churches involved in mission trips. And I went up to the district office and met Dr. Roden. And I said, I've got this great idea. We don't do a whole lot of mission trips in our district, and I want to be the leader of that. 
And the first thing he said to me, you know we don't pay that. You get no pay for that job. And I said, it's not about the pay. I believe God's called me to do it. And here we are 30 years later, still doing the mission trips, getting our district involved in missions. Why? Because I heard the voice of God and I did not say no. So today, what has God called you to do? Has he called you to go to your neighbor and witness to him? You know, the guy up the street that you cannot stand, that when he's on one side of the road and you're on, the, on, on his side of the road and he's walking his dog, you cross over. You never know who God has called you to witness to. I remember a while back, there was a lady, Mrs. McKenna. Some of you have heard this story before, but Mrs. McKenna. called me and said her furnace was broken and I decided to go out there and work on her furnace. Now, Mrs. McKenna and me, we didn't get along one bit. She believed in everything that I did not believe in. She believed in gay marriage, homosexuality. She believed in abortion on demand. She believed in all kinds of weird stuff. And always we butted heads. When I walked into her house, she would just kind of agitate me and say, well, what do you think about this? And I said, I'm here to fix your furnace, lady. That's all I want to do. I want to fix your furnace and get out of here. And she always was that way. She was always combating to me. And I said, well, why do you hire me? She goes, well, you're honest. Not like all the other Christians that I know. So she hired me. But this particular time, when I went to her house, it was on a Friday night, freezing cold, last call of the day. Her furnace is not working. I go to her house. And this time, she's a different woman. She's not trying to rile me up or anything. And the Lord began to speak to me, you need to pray for this lady. And I said, you got the wrong guy. I'm here to fix her furnace and get out of this house. So I made the mistake and asked her, well, how are you doing, Mrs. McKenna? She said, I have cancer. I don't have long to live. And the Lord says, you're there. Pray for her. And you know what I did, the spiritual leader of our house? I said, I'm not praying for that lady. If anybody needs to go, she needs to go. That's a terrible attitude, but that's the type of attitude I had. So you know what I did? I didn't pray for her. I fixed her furnace. I left, got in my van. I'm driving home. The phone rings. Linda's on the phone. She says, she, Mrs. McKenna just called. Her furnace is broken. I said, that's impossible. I just fixed it. She goes, she just called. It's broken. So I turn around. The Lord is working on my heart. Talk to this lady. And I'm going, I don't want to talk to her. I don't really care about her that much. I go to her house. I can find nothing wrong with her furnace. I know God is speaking. And you know what I did? I got back in my van, and I drove home. But this time, I went 20 minutes. Phone rings, so the Lord can kind of beat you up a little bit. Guess who's on the phone? Linda's on the phone. Mrs. McKenna's furnace is broken again. Can you fix it this time so we can go out to dinner? So I turn the van around. I get to her house, and I realize, okay, Lord, you are talking and this boy's not listening. I need to learn to listen because I need to get home.
so? I walk in her house. I can find nothing wrong with her furnace. It's running fine. She goes, I don't understand it. It's working fine now. And I said, Mrs. McKenna, would you like me to pray for you? Knowing that she's going to say no, because she's already said, always said no. She said, yes, I would love for you to pray for me. So I prayed for her, that the Lord would heal her, that the Lord would save her, because she needed saving. And after I finished praying, I said, Mrs. McKenna, I said, I know a great church to go to. Word of life, up the street. Don't come to Harvest. Go to Word of Life. Go to Word of Life. You're in Springfield. Word of Life is right there. Pastor Cover, I know him personally. You and your daughter, go to that church. She goes, well, I'll think about it. Six months later, I go back for the spring checkup. She's still alive. Total different Mrs. McKenna. She said, you won't believe it. I don't even believe. She said, the Lord's healed me. I'm cancer free. And she said, we're getting ready to sell our house. We're going to sell our house. We're moving to Florida to start a crisis pregnancy center. got to listen to the voice of God. He's got bigger plans than you think. Her and her liberal daughter both got saved. She worked for the most liberal senator on Capitol Hill. And now they're in Florida working at a crisis pregnancy center in Miami. Because God knows. And God wants to use you just like that. I had no way of knowing, but God knew that he could change your heart. Because this lady had money. No problem starting that pregnancy center down there. So what is God asking you to do? Are you willing to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Here's my life, Lord. I've got it all planned out. I'm going to school. I'm going to college. I'm going to take this job. But Lord, if you want to intervene any way along the line here, you change me, Lord. Change my heart. Change my life. Change my direction. And if you're willing to do that, you'll be amazed what God can do with you. So you hear the voice of God, you begin to do what he tells you to do, just like Abraham. And believe me, God will never ask you anything harder to do when he asks Abraham to do. You talk about a hard thing to do. Take your only son and sacrifice him. That is a hard thing to do. And believe me, God will never ask you anything quite that hard. And if he does, he'll give you the courage to fulfill it. And because of Abraham's faithfulness, to raise the knife, to kill his son, 
to sacrifice it. And that's what God has called each one of us to do. Whatever it takes, Lord, wherever you want me to go. See, because your life is not really your life. It belongs to the Lord. Every second of every day, you may think it's your time, your money, your place. It really belongs to God. Will you let him take your life in a direction you didn't know possible? As I look over there and I see Brother Nick, it hasn't been an easy road. He's called to be a missionary. And in this climate with COVID and all that, offerings are down, church attendance is down, everything is down. But our God is still on the throne. He's a faithful God. And if, within a few months, I believe, Brother Nick, you're going to be in Mexico. Even if you have to cross the border illegally, you go over, brother. And what's the third thing that we need to do to fulfill the call of God on our lives and hear his voice? We've got to have faith. We've got to have faith in God, not our own ability, not our own strength, not our own smarts. We've got to have faith in God because God never fails. Whatever he's called you to do, you can do it. You can do it. Whatever God has called you to do. And as we read this story and look at Abraham, I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he ever thought about slaying his son, but he was going to do it. Because he had faith in God. Somehow in Abraham's mind, he had Belief that if I kill my son and I burn his body until it's nothing but ashes, God will raise my son from those ashes and we will come back home. What did he tell his two servants? Me and my son, we're going to come over here, we're going to worship, and we are coming back. No ifs, ands, or buts. Abraham had that type of faith that no matter what God had called him to do, that God was going to raise his son from the dead. And that's the kind of faith God wants you and me to have. That no matter what he calls us to do, we have that kind of faith. Okay, Lord, you want me to do this? I have faith in you. I don't have faith in me. I don't, I don't have the ability to do it, Lord. You know, every time I get up to preach, I'm thinking, God, are you sure you got the right guy? You don't know my past. You don't know where I've come from. And every time I, I preach, I always say, Lord, are you sure you got the right Dave? And every time he says, yes, I've got the right Dave for this service today. And when God places his hand on your life, you will never be the same. So we have to learn to listen to the voice. We have to learn to obey the voice. And then we have to put our faith and trust in God. You can't do what God's called you to do. It is impossible. It is impossible to be that father that God wants you to be. 
It's impossible to raise your girls, Dave, like God wants you to be. It's impossible. You can't do it, buddy. You are not good enough. But with God's help, you and your wife can raise those kids in the ways of the Lord. Make a difference in the world. Who knows what God can do with you and through you? God knows, though. God has that type of faith in you. Now put that faith in him and stand back and watch God. It says in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. You want to be a righteous Christian? Begin to put your faith and trust in God. And when you do that, he will take your life and make something beautiful out of it. This morning, Nick's going to play that song again for us. Nothing else. And as Nick is playing that song, I want us to just wait on God for a few minutes here. Quiet our spirits. Begin to listen to that voice of God. And watch God move. I didn't share this with you, but I feel led to share this. In December... I came down with COVID and pneumonia, a double whammy. I was really sick. I've never been that sick before in my entire life. But God slowed me down because you, if you know anything about me, I go 100 miles an hour all the time, running here, running there, doing this, doing that, preaching, air conditioning work, you know, mission trips. I do all those crazy things. And he slowed me down. And he began to speak into my life things that he needed to say to me. And I needed to listen. And I tell you one thing, when you're flat on your back, it's easy to listen to God. You can't go nowhere, can't do nothing. And you know, I praise God for COVID. I know it's a crazy thing, isn't it? I praise God for taking me and making me lay on that bed. And he began to speak to me and... And December is usually a crazy, busy, busy, busy month. But I would never want to change a thing because I was in the presence of God. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. When the creator of the universe comes into your bedroom and talks to you, things happen. 
And it was a precious month. I don't even remember much about December, but I knew God was there every step of the way. And God raised me from that deathbed, really, raised me up and said, I'm not finished with you yet. I have a work for you to do. And I said, Lord, let's go. And let's go together this time, Lord. Help me not to get ahead of you or behind you. But let's go hand in hand, side by side. And my prayer for this congregation is that you will have that same experience. That God of the universe will take you where he wants you to go. And you will do what he wants you to do. And I can guarantee it, there's nothing like that.